0: and uh, you can give us the rundown, Jessica.
1: Okay, Paul has that for us today. Um, Go ahead and do that, Paul, and then I'll do quorum call.
2: Hey, good afternoon. A few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows active participants to be seen on the screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you're having any trouble, please send me a chat. Uh, The MPO reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions. And I'll now turn the meeting back over to Chair Boyd. All right, I'll interject with quorum real quick,
1: okay.
3: Uh, Crick? Here. Dowling? Here. Harger? Here. Gentry? Here. Quisenberry and, and Rodden are not here. Sanford? Here. Boyd? Here. And Weigel? Here. Okay. Thank you. We have a quorum.
0: All right, thank you. And we've got public comment as our next item. Do we have anybody there?
2: Uh, We don't have anybody physically present here.
4: Anybody online, you think, Jessica?
3: I see no one online that has raised their hand indicating they would like to provide comment at this time.
4: Okay.
0: All right, then we'll close the public comment portion of the meeting and move on to... The next item approving minutes of the August 2nd meeting. Has anybody got any questions or comments about the August 2nd minutes?
4: And if not, I'll take a motion to approve those. I move to approve the minutes. I'll second. Thank you.
0: Motion in a second. Um, Let's have a roll call vote.
3: All right, Crick? Aye. Dowling?
4: Aye.
3: Harger? Aye. Gentry?
4: Aye.
3: Sanford? Sorry, technical difficulties, aye. Boyd? Aye. Weichel? Aye. Motion carries seven to zero.
4: Great. All right, we're moving on
0: then to our regular agenda items. And item number one is the federal fiscal year transportation improvement program update.
2: All right, so we have prepared this um, draft transportation improvement program based on input from all our project sponsors Um it is currently out for public comment for 30 days. That period ends October 22nd. Um, no comments have been received thus far. Um, just just a few highlights on new things or
4: things that have have changed in this document. So. Uh, We've
2: put together financial information based on the work we've done for Transportation 2050 in in that analysis. So we have overall road and bridge um, operations and maintenance from our different uh, member partners. Also have the anticipated funding um, based on transit, non-transit broken down by federal, state and local um, for the four year life of this. Um, in the four year um, period that this program includes as well as the estimated expenditures by year. Um, we have updated performance measures where where we have newer data to measure how we're doing. Um, all the projects are listed here and. Are evaluated based on the different um, measures of which which goal areas they are. Impacting. Um, The environmental justice or EJ zones. We have new data for that. I'll pull that up. So this is based on. Low moderate income groups as well as minority block groups. Um, so, this um, the minority data has been updated. The low moderate is the same as last time and can compare this to the previous um, TIP EJ zones included a lot of. Um, West Lawrence areas with higher minority population um, with more development out there. It seems like. Um, those numbers have dropped overall, um, so those have dropped off the map. So that's that's really the big change there. And then, of course, we've updated projects as well. Um so added added new projects that were requested by project sponsors and were able to clean up some ones that had been completed and remove some of those. Um, so that's just an
4: overview of, of what we've got. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you for that. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Uh, one thing I was going to ask is, um, you know, we periodically do like updates that are uh,
0: fixing numbers here and there on on individual projects. They're kind of minor updates. How does this differ from that? Is this more significant?
2: Yeah, so this is essentially a whole new plan. We... Um, it's it looks similar, but it's um, kind of starting fresh. So anything that's prior prior years has been removed, unless it's an ongoing project.
1: We right. typically we typically do this update where we change the time frame of the program. So instead of being from twenty one on, this starts in twenty three, um, and we do that to keep the tip clean um, to get it prevent us from getting too far into so many amendments because we only redo the analysis around environmental justice and um, some of the analysis of understanding the fiscal conditions outside a fiscal constraint table um, as part of these larger updates. Um, We don't do them with every single amendment. Um, And so that allows us to go back and continue to reassess to make sure any projects that have been added um, are still consistent in the ways with the the planning documents and with our analysis. Um, We also typically don't remove completed projects from the TIP because they are a record of the projects that occurred. Um, We only remove projects if they are Um, if funding is removed and we don't proceed with the project so this allows us to clear out some of those projects that may have been completing in the intermittent years um, for us to really have something that meets requirements we're required federally to update this document um, on a a farther out schedule so this just keeps us in more compliance um, to just do it on a a shorter term and we still will have uh, planned
3: quarterly amendments to this document in the future
4: Okay.
0: Thank you. Um, it, the timing wasn't great for us. We uh, we actually aren't yet to our CIP. That's going to go before the commission in a few weeks and we're finalizing it now and there are going to be some things that we're adding. Um, so we weren't prepared to respond to this request um, you know, as, as well as we should have been. And then on top of that last year's CIP at the county level was kind of just a, a cut and paste move forward a year uh, where we didn't do a, a real Evaluation and that had to do with the fact that we didn't have a lot of projects that were underway. So um, Did you look
1: at the, did you look at the amendment timeline and do you believe that it's going to be adequate to address your need to incorporate projects? And if not, do we need to go back to KDOT's state tip amendment calendar and look to add another project revision to the calendar? So normally we have quarterly, the state does more than quarterly amendments because they're incorporating all the other MPOs amendments into their state amendment. And so we have some alternative times that we could process other amendments. It's a, it's a matter of staff time. So if you would need that to obligate federal funding, um, we could try to accommodate that. So we would just need to know as soon as possible if it's something outside of the posted schedule we have within this
3: document.
0: Okay. And I don't think that that's necessary. Uh, I just, I felt bad that you're going with the work of producing a new document. And, you know, the first time we do an amendment, we're going to bring you probably two or three significant changes. So... But if you're okay with that, then that's fine. I think that's
1: the reality because I'm not sure that we could always choose any point in time that would reflect everyone's best schedule. Um, And this is a constantly evolving document based on some of those realities. We also expect changes regularly because of the way that KDOT has done their long-range planning um, with the pipeline. Instead of having a statewide plan that lists all the projects for a decade, um, the move with the Ike program for the state long-range transportation plan that puts The projects on an evolving process means that we require amendments to this document regardless outside of our update cycle to be able to ensure that we're compliant with other program partners. So I don't think you're the only one. I think it's probably everyone who makes some adjustments to projects.
4: Very good. Okay.
1: Chad, we haven't spoken specifically about this, but I would like to have a conversation with TAC. what has been proposed in terms of the Wakarusa extension project is very similar if not identical to what was in the last tip amendment that the MPO policy board adopted without including the changes to the Wakarusa extension project so I would I would like to request that at a minimum if you it, since it's proposed in here again that the responsible parties coordinating on that project attend MPO Policy Board to help answer questions about that project, or if we can provide additional clarification, I would anticipate not wanting to go blind into that situation again, because we are unable to answer as MPO staff project questions about um, some of that discussion. And so uh, it would be nice if you could plan to be there and answer those questions.
0: Absolutely. Happy to do that.
1: Okay. Because I know the project notation in there about the funding split and about the money and about how we do all the project in the conversation of if it's the same project and if removing that funding notation or removing the money impacts the K-10 project. Um, I know there's a lot of moving parts, but I would not anticipate a willingness
3: to adopt the TIP as it stands based on the last conversation without answers to some of those questions.
4: Okay, yeah, just let me know when that's happening.
1: I will forward you the invite. Melinda, is it appropriate that you are also the other party to that
5: conversation? Yes, you can include me. Um, It would either be me or Jake that would answer some of those questions. We've, as municipal services and operations staff, we've asked for some clarification because the direction we did have was to modify the CIP project detail sheet as was written prior to approval. So currently the Walkers to Drive um, extension is not in the approved CIP. Um, However, there is a match contribution
1: to to the the SLC. Right, Correct. which currently in the tip is reflected as part of the walker extension project. So right. you see our dilemma.
5: Yes, and we do have some conversations happening right now with KDOT and um, proposing some different options. So we hope to know more here okay. in the near future. Okay. Uh, Jessica, I was also going to ask uh, with the projects listed on table 15, um, are the amount that's listed there, the cost, is that has that been updated with any recent bids? Um, is that supposed to be only the pavement scope of the project? I, I'm specifically thinking of Queens Road, which is being awarded tonight um, by the City Commission, and that bid came in higher. Um, so the bid for the intersection and the road was 6.1 million with 5. $7 million of that being for the road improvements? So, Melinda, we
1: work with engineers, typically Baldwin and Cronin, to identify what funding has been uh, budgeted. And so mm-hmm. you, we're looking typically at what's in the CIP. That mm-hmm. required some budget adjustments. And so yes. we would anticipate waiting to the next next round of TIP amendment, and we would catch okay. up with that that um, change once it's adopted by the city commission had we known before we went out we could have included those changes but i think there's a lot of moving parts as we're working through project implementation sometimes and we will that's not contingent on obligating funding so we will catch that amendment up
5: um in the next um in the next update okay that sounds great yeah the project just been three weeks ago and so i i knew it would be um a new change and didn't know at what point we should update that so that sounds good and and in that in that
1: regard, I think it's the TIP is always kind of the best guess, best estimates. And some of those things as we evolve through the process, that's why we have a quarterly amendment process to ensure that we can continue to keep that updated and move projects forward and recognize that each TIP amendment
3: still has a, a public process that we have to accommodate. Okay, thank you.
4: And I would just
0: point out, since you brought it up, that... Um, Project uh, 219 is out for bid right now. Also, and that's pretty significant. So we will see some reality introduced into that table in the near future. And and costs are shifting dramatically at this point. So a lot of this planning will have to be adjusted.
4: Okay. Are there any other comments or questions about the tip? And if none, we are looking
0: for a motion here to recommend approval of the 2023-2026 TIP.
4: I'll motion to recommend approval. I'll second. I'll second. All right, thank you. A motion and a second. Please give us a roll call. Crick? Aye. Dowling? Aye.
3: Harger. Aye. Gentry? Aye. Sanford? Aye. Boyd? Aye. Weigel?
4: Aye.
3: Motion carries unanimously.
0: Thank you. Item number two 2023 safety target setting. Tell us what that is.
2: All right. So we are required, um, there are federal requirements that we update safety targets on a yearly basis. So, we, are, we have analyzed the 2021 crash data that's provided by KDOT, um, which we use to help set projections, and I will pull that up to share with you.
3: So since we have this conversation
1: every year, but we have some new players at the table, there are five different safety targets um, and they are federally prescribed, meaning the federal process tells us how we're going to measure the target. And this is because all MPOs are required to report on the same target. So there's some continuity across the board as they look at the data. We have in previous conversations recognized that um, these targets traditionally have been we have looked at the historical trend and made some linear projections and assumptions about where we think we we will be based on some of those trends. We have also recognized that, and this body can have this conversation, that um, there, there is desired improvement to safety beyond these targets. So, as we set this and we're talking about fatalities and serious injuries of people in our community, we are we are at some point um, acknowledging this is our reality based on on current trends. But I think admittedly, in recognizing some future work we're doing, we recognize that we can do better and there's additional safety work um, to do in, re- in regard to crash uh, reduction. And so these targets, and you'll notice in the text, represent those uh, rolling averages and historical trends to set each year. At this point in time, there's no punitive measure um, if you don't meet your target, and we set new targets each year, and so we show that. Um, the MPO also has the option to adopt the state target um, for safety. Um, however, we have never taken that option. We have always set a local target, um, and previous conversation have been has been there that the local target means more uh, locally in terms of where we stand in terms of um, crashes and crashes on our roadways. I would also point out for some of you that have seen this document longer that this is the opportunity, and we've added over time with tax involvement um, data based on who maintains the roadway. I think as we look at some of these numbers, it's hard to understand um, where there may be responsibility for projects or improvements um, and looking further into the data. And that kind of gives us an idea to see where the maintenance responsibility lies and ownership of those roadways um, to help kind of indicate where those trends may be happening um, within the entirety of the county so I would just those are that's kind of overarching a little bit of history to this we I'd be happy to answer more questions later after you look through each of the measures Paul's going to walk you through.
2: So we're looking at uh, number of fatalities for all public roads Um, and this the way it's it's broken down is it uses a five year rolling average to kind of even out the any anomalies from the data. But um, so we we project 2022 since obviously we are not at the end of the year yet. Um, so that's what the the purple dot here is is projecting based on the previous um, five years. And then we use that. and then we use a, a five year average to set the target. Um, so 11.6. And obviously there can be a, a partial fatality, but just based on the, the averages, that's how that comes out. Um, anything else to add on this one, Jessica, or should I just roll through them? I think so
3: next, unless people have specific questions, just roll
4: through them all. So uh, next- Paul, are you, sorry to cut you off, Paul. Are you guys um, still awaiting
2: on any data from us at KDOT, or do you guys have everything you need um, as far as um, crash data goes? Yeah, I believe we have everything we need. We get it. Um, we're kind of plugged in where we get it almost live. Um, I don't know how that works on the back end, but we have, have someone with the City of Lawrence that, that has that, that we partner with. So I think we're, we're good there. Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Um, So next is the
4: fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles traveled. Um, So this just helps us look at it.
2: um, Kind of. Breaking it down without. uh, I I guess it it gives you a comparison looking at. um, Based on the the miles traveled. Kind of normalizing
4: for that. so based on that, a, a target of 1.1. And the next is serious injuries.
2: And again, we, we break it down by the the maintenance who's responsible for maintenance of that road, but the the number we're reporting is really the, the entire
4: county. And so this this number is 25.9. And then rate of serious injuries per 100 million VMT. That's 2.5.
2: And then non-motorized fatalities and serious injuries. So um, this is
4: people walking or biking. And then the 2023 target would be 4.4
2: based on the projections. And those are the, the five. So
6: any questions? I maybe have a comment more than a question, but it you know we're we're a multi-jurisdictional group, but I'll look at my Lawrence colleagues for a, a minute and just um, it's it might be worth us thinking about strategic plan and um, and these performance measures. Uh, you know, the as Jessica talked about, the projections here are formulaic and they're required. Right, they're they're measured in a certain way because we have to measure them in a certain way. And in some cases, the trends on here are going up, we prefer they go down. Um, it seems like uh, as a city and the roads that we control, we'd want to see fatalities, injuries come down, and be doing strategies to lead to that. So it just makes me think about revisions to our strategic plan, particularly in the either the connected city or the safe and secure outcome areas would be a good place for us to have a, um, a strategy-based ways to affect what is showing up in these numbers. Something for us to
4: think about.
3: And Adam, some of that may be coming with our application jointly
1: with between the MPO, the City of Lawrence, Eudora, and Baldwin City. And um, with KDOT as a financial partner for the application for the Safe Streets and Roads for All. We have committed um, if get getting that funding to a Vision Zero Safety Action Plan, which really requires you to dive down in more to your critical network um, and to explore your crashes and your crash reduction strategies and countermeasures. Um, and so that would be an opportunity to intentionally do that work. Um, if we don't get that award, we would have we have the opportunity to explore finding finances um, through MPO work or other uh, resources to commit to that work in the future. So I think that's something to think about as we think about UPWP and what that
3: means for future MPO work plans.
4: Um, just for the sake of discussion, I'll say at the county level
0: that we make a lot more use out of the mapping of accidents and and serious injuries and fatalities and target those with projects so this idea of putting a target out there for our five year moving average is is kind of esoteric to me but um you know if if somebody's watching this and thinking that's how you respond to to road safety that's not how we respond to road safety it's really more a uh, practical approach from our perspective so While it's good to see, you know, that we're not skyrocketing in numbers or, you know, the the data supporting, I guess, well, a lot lot more people are traveling, um, we're not seeing a huge increase in our averages, which I guess is the good side of things. But a good example would be, we had a a tip project a few years ago that had three fatalities in the three years leading up and it's had no fatalities since then. So that's where it really, goes into practice, but but those
4: those maps are really a good way to review this data too. Any other comments on the safety targets? All right. I think we can wrap that item up then. Move to item number three.
0: Resolution to dissolve the Lawrence Douglas County Regional Transit Advisory Committee.
1: All right. Um, We have brought consideration of a discussion to you uh, to TAC a few months ago about two MPO subcommittees uh, from the MPO Policy Board that had been established over time to do different work um, within our region. The first of which is the Regional Transit Advisory Committee. This body was made up of transit and paratransit providers who were working together um, to develop a countywide Ah, uh, coordinated public transit, human services, transportation plan. At the time, we needed a plan update, and that hadn't been done as part of the larger region um, and part of our coordinated transit district. That's how uh, KDOT structures some of these coordinations with providers, which includes more than just Douglas County. It includes many of the other counties in our urban corridor, I think along I 70. Um, and since um, in 2018, KDOT has updated a. Uh, Uh, with the Coordinated Transit District, a specific Coordinated Public Transit Human Services transportation plan. And so uh, it's duplicative for us to have to. It really reduces that Also, in the meantime, um, Douglas County has been awarded a mobility manager position within the transportation planning division that's funded out of KDOT Mobility Managers Program. And that, as a result, that position staff is beginning to work with providers in a coordinated fashion and having a duplicative body um, that's this formal steering committee is um, concerning at some point in regards to coma for them to be doing work that would be considered maybe work of the body um, in implementing coordination and they want to have a more informal work group as they do that work to coordinate services um, between providers um, and so with those considerations we feel that the existence of having a regional transit advisory committee is redundant and not necessarily necessary um, to do the work that of coordination that's happening with all of the Transit and paratransit human service providers um, in our community. And so we would ask that you make a recommendation to the policy board um, to adopt resolution 202201 um, dissolving the Regional Transit Advisory Committee.
5: Yeah, Chad, you're muted. You
4: we're talking,
0: but you're muted. Yeah. Thank you. I'm back. Uh, does anybody have any questions about that item?
6: I can just mention from transit perspective, there is a lot of meaningful work happening in CTD1 in the urban corridor. So Shawnee, Douglas, Johnson, and Wyandotte counties, um, there's a lot of good coordination happening there. And then with mobility managers across the state, there's a lot of good statewide uh, transit coordination happening, so um, no real concern from our end on this particular group going away because a lot of those, uh, all of those partners are um, coordinated in, in different areas and in, a, in an effective way.
4: All right, great. Well, it seems like um,
0: removing duplicate processes is good good for everybody. So. Um, does anybody have a motion to recommend approval of dissolving the RTAC?
6: I would move approval for the resolution to dissolve Artac. Will
4: second. Thank you. Moved and second. And please give us roll call. Crick, aye. Dowling, aye.
3: Harger, aye. Gentry, aye. Sanford, aye. Boyd, aye. Weigel, aye. Motion carries unanimously.
4: Great, thank you. All right, the next
0: one is similar. uh, Resolution to dissolve the Lawrence Douglas County Bicycle Advisory Committee.
1: Yes, as you can see, as we begin having our conversations about intentionality and how we're doing our work, that um, this is another MPO Policy Advisory
3: Committee that was established for an intent and purpose um, previously.
4: Jessica, I think we lost you. Looks like we're all here except Jessica. Give her a second here. I keep hitting the mute button because my chair is really loud. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but. When I'm listening, I don't want everybody else hearing that, so. Got to get a new chair. Jeff, Jessica was dialing in from home, right?
2: Yeah, I think there may have just been a uh blip in the internet. So hopefully she's gonna join back on real quickly here. But I think she may have just dropped off the call completely too.
4: So hopefully coming back. All right. hi hi
3: hi i'm so sorry welcome Why back did you Okay, thank you.
1: As we began the conversation about efficiency and how we do our work, we realized that the bicycle advisory committee may be one we also needed to evaluate. Um, This committee was originally formed after the city of Lawrence um, and Douglas County decided to eliminate the Lawrence Douglas County Bicycle Advisory Committee in in the city of Lawrence at that time was establishing the Transportation Commission. And the Transportation Commission has now become the multimodal decision making advisory advisory body to the city commission. Um, The MPO at that time was a little bit worried about the
3: need for county review or other city review of projects or advocacy. um, Bikeway planning, am I still? Okay, (laughs) Um, bikeway
1: planning. And so we had a conversation, you know, so we formed this um, advisory committee. And at that time we then went on to update um, Use the steering committee to guide the update of the bikeway plans um, and the bicycle rideability map, um, and that's about the only work that's planning identified work in the region that this body has been needed to do. And so, none of the other cities have ever asked this body for advisory recommendations. Um, it's their staffing expectations in the bylaws for this committee, and admittedly, there may be. A bicycle advocacy and work that needs to happen. However, it really at some point falls outside of the staffing roles of the MPO in the sense that some of it is advocacy or encouragement um, or uh, um, or education work that's not eligible under consolidated planning grants. And so at this point, we feel like um, We can establish a steering committee and work groups to guide the other work that we do and not need a formal regular advisory committee for this work to the MPO Policy Board like we do for the pedestrian plan or any other um, transit or any other mode-specific planning work that we do.
0: Okay. Uh, Does anybody have any comments or questions about that proposal?
6: For practicality's sake, Jessica, if you needed a steering committee or a work group, how do those type of things get established? in terms Absolutely. of
1: need. Absolutely. So steering committees, generally staff drafts a list based on our experience from previous steering committees about appropriate parties, reaching out to a broad range of diverse stakeholders. Um, and then we bring that draft list to the technical advisory committee for recommendation to say, who else are we missing? Who else should be included to come up with a list that we then take to the MPO policy board. Um, and then with their adoption, they establish a steering committee for the intent and purpose of the steering committee so for steering committees and or future subcommittees that could be done again if we identify in the coming year that additional work needs to be done in any topical area, we could gather and staff
3: a group um, related to whatever relevant work that we needed to do.
4: Any other thoughts. Okay, how about a motion to recommend approval of this? I'll motion to recommend approval. I'll second. Thank you. How about a roll call?
3: Crick? Crick?
4: Aye.
3: Dowling? Aye. Parker? Aye. Gentry? Aye. Sanford? Aye. Boyd?
4: Aye. Weigel? Aye.
3: Motion carries unanimously.
0: Great. Thank you. We're on to quick updates.
1: All right. I have one item on quick updates, which is just to let you know that we have, after our conversation around planning work for the 2023 Unified Planning Work Program. UPWP. We have drafted our proposed budget and work plan and have it out for public comment. We will be bringing it back with those comments to consider at the November meeting for TAC and MPO Policy Board, but that is out for public comment right now also and we wanted to let you know.
0: Well, thank you.
4: All right, I see nothing else on our agenda for today. Is there anything that's come up since we started? I have nothing. Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to add?
0: Okay. We made it through. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Paul. And Thank everybody you. have a good day. We are adjourned. You too. Bye. Thanks. Okay. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.